0: And welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities.
1: Well, we remember what everyone else has forgotten.
0: As always, it is Nick Cameron. I am joined by my good friend Duncan Evans, the Dark Folk dis- Distribution Channels from Leeds. Unite from Leeds, UK. How are we doing today?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right, thank you. We're in Hertfordshire, and um, my partner's doing some performance work down here, so we've all come as a little bit of a mini family holiday. So I'm on the iPad. It's I'm in a hotel room, but uh, Yeah, it's all good. How about yourself? How are you doing?
0: I am good. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a wonderful shout out. And thank you for being able to work us in while you're on vacation, because I unfortunately will not be able to do that next week. I am headed on vacation next week. So we will take a pass next weekend, because I just don't think I'm going to be able to make the time for anybody. But it is what it is. I think everybody will be able to get along without without our dulcet tones for one more week should be able to survive. Yeah. Should be able to do the week after, hopefully. We'll see. Cool, man. Cool, but, cool, uh, cool. What are we talking about today?
1: All right. So, we are talking about Zach Wild, who is, I'm sure most people are aware, a longtime guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne and on, also on
0: most of his modern day classic records.
1: Yeah. And also um, guitar player, singer, and songwriter for Black Label Society um so this is his 1994 album called pride and glory which was a power trio um featuring some other guys who because i'm on the ipad oh hang on i can get it up on my phone let me get wikipedia up on my phone oh i can can, so i sound like i know what i'm talking about so they originally formed in 1991 and they did like a couple of tracks which were released um i don't know on compilations or i think one of them might have been on beavis and butthead or something so Originally, it was a different drummer. Um, let me just see who this is. Here we go. So Greg DiAngelo on drums, who was famous for being in White Lion. Um, but then he left and they got in a guy called uh, Brian something, Brian Titchy, um, who actually plays on this because they didn't release their album until 1994. And then they didn't do anything else um, recording-wise that I know of. And, and I guess they disbanded relatively soon after that. Yeah, they did a one. Yeah, they disbanded in nineteen ninety four. Did a one off reunion in nineteen ninety eight. But this record, is self titled, Pride and Glory, released on Geffen Records. Um, produced by Rick Parashar, who had done Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, uh, or, of the yeah, Dog. or at least helped develop the Temple of the Dog. So he's kind of a grunge dude, but which Zach Wiles not really famous for being particularly into grunge. I think he called Nirvana Varna at one point. Um, So, but he liked, there's a Blind Melon record and another one, Temple of the Dog, which um, basically Zach liked the fact that they were fairly raw and didn't really add many production tricks. And it was just a case of you hearing the band like they would play live. So Correct. He that,
0: that. What he really liked was for lack of a better way of putting it Mm -hmm. anti-production wasn't he wasn't producing the record he was just recording the record and that's what zach wanted that's what zach got this is it it should be mentioned we should probably go back a little bit and this may surprise some of our younger listener because we
1: there's not very many
0: Get it? Some of our younger listeners,
1: <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done. That
0: in 1992, Aussie Osborne went on a retirement tour the No More Tours tour.
1: Yeah, he's been retiring for uh 30 years basically.
0: Yeah, basically. So, but in 1992, and I mean, it what's funny is he was only f- what 40?
1: What, Aussie? Yeah, probably yeah. uh, early yeah. 40s, only well, in his early just, 40s. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, which is hysterical to think about now because Mick Jagger is still up there shaking his
1: hips and he's, uh, I think he's about 302, but yeah, 308, I hear, but yeah, yeah, no, I think back then it seemed like we hadn't quite got to the I guess the 60s guys were still around, but Even then, I think they seemed kind of a bit out of date. It still seemed like you had to be in your 20s. And 30s was like, whoa, pushing it. Well, I remember when
0: Metallica did Load, one of the statements Lars made said, you know, we're still very into music and rock and roll. We have to accept that rock and roll isn't necessarily a youthful thing. Dude was like 35, not even 35 when he says this and
1: exactly so
0: in 1992 when Ozzy osborne says this it i'm retiring you know we all hadn't been jaded yet by the parade of retirement tours that were all lies so
1: absolutely
0: you know yes no more t- no more tears was 1992 things too and sounds right and perry may and uh Um, osmosis, his next record was 1995, so that's really not that long, and I mean, if he hadn't called it a retirement tour, nobody would have batted an eye if he took three years at that point, but we all believed that he was retiring, and so he's retiring. What's Zach Wilde going to do? He can't go join Black Sabbath. His meal ticket's done, so what's next? Pride and glory. Exactly. So he... And, I, and people of my age will remember, like, Mama, I'm Coming Home, where Zach plays this very much Leonard Skinnerd, Gary Rossington-inspired guitar solo. And it was a great solo. Didn't quite match the music he was playing at that moment. And we may circle back into that a little bit later. But it was a great solo, and it was very different than anything he had done with Ozzy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so that was, it was all yeah. kind of a harbinger
1: yeah for sure i think he's you know he's into his southern rock and Linux and all that um oops i've just nearly knocked everything over and nearly spilled beer everywhere but i think we're okay just about so um this is great this is going really well um so yeah i'm just going to adjust my laptop stand a little we'll do that in a minute anyway so yeah, basically he's into all that stuff. And um, I guess he wanted to um, pursue that side of things. So he forms this power trio. And um, I didn't mention the bass player. I mentioned the drummers, um, uh, the two drummers. Um, I don't think I mentioned the second drummer very much. So let's talk about him, Brian Titchie, who was drummed for Whitesnake, Billy Idol, Foreigner, Sass Jordan, whoever that is, and Ozzy. May have been the Ozzy drummer at the time, I'm not sure. That may have been no, where... No, no, okay, it was, right, uh, Fair enough. Maybe it was the other way around. Maybe Zach introduced him to Ozzy or something.
0: I forget the... I, I, forget. I know who
1: you mean, actually. It's the, it, uh, yeah, I know. I think I know. Isn't it the guy that joined Black Sabbath later?
0: No, it's the guy that joined oh, okay. the crew later in... Uh, Randy Castillo.
1: Okay, right. But then there's also the bass player, James Lomenzo who is currently in Megadeth. I'm not sure for how long he's been in Megadeth, but he's also done um, White Lion as well. He would have been in Megadeth so I, Tops three years. Right. So I guess he got basically most of... Um, yeah, he got most of White Lion in or half of White Lion. He's also been in Slash's Snake Pip, Dave, Dave Lee Roth's Band, and Black Label Society. Um, not sure if Black Label Society were a thing at this point or if they... They were after. not. They I believe 98
0: 99 was when was when right, they started. right, I'm trying okay. to figure out when he played with uh with Ozzy and I can't figure it out.
1: I don't know, man. I honestly but do not know.
0: Should mention Lamenzo was also from White Lion, so Pride yes, and glory what, yeah. started off with White Lion's rhythm section because mm-hmm. after when the children cry, what else are those dudes going to do? They still need to eat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know them I don't know that song, so there you go Oh my god, you don't? I don't think so, no, maybe it was more of an American thing
0: Well, it it is an American thing However, they're Swedish, I believe Okay, right And my, at least the singer was My god, we could not get away from that song It was constant It was When the children cry I'm sorry, I'm I'm butchering I'm butchering (laughs) a terrible song And I shouldn't do that
1: yeah okay it butches itself well enough does it
0: correct correct so it's after this breaks up he goes back to ozzy and at that time well, it's it's, pride and glory was still kind of a thing at that moment so but at one time he so he goes back to ozzy re-record after the tour re-records osmosis and during the recording of osmosis it comes out that Zach is up for joining Guns N' Roses after their breakup.
1: And that's right. I think Slash was still in the band, and they tried out Zach Wilde and Slash at the same time. Um, which seems I mean, like you've got two kind of alpha guitarists there. But yeah, that, that's what um, yeah, I don't know. Axel wrote. That's what Axel Rose has definitely said in an interview.
0: Oh, I can't imagine how that would have
1: worked. Or no i i can't either it's yeah it seems strange but apparently that did, that was the thing but then maybe maybe slash went while zach was still in and they tried to have zach replace slash as well possibly i mean
0: i think the writing was on the wall and guns and roses at that point that that band was imploding or i guess imploding is probably the wrong term being uh being parted out piece by piece by axel rose
1: well yeah it was being taken over and yeah exactly Yes, yes, there we but go.
0: We will get to that another day.
1: So, Absolutely.
0: That, at this point in time, Zach then loses his place in Ozzy to be replaced by Joel Holmes, who is recorded roundabout about nothing, was a protege of Randy Rhodes as a young child, who actually mm-hmm. was a, a student of Randy at, at Randy's mom's music school, and right. then takes on the touring and then gets kicked out. But if you right. need a guy to to play your songs, he he Joe Holmes is your guy. He will,
1: he's amazing. Right. But let's but then, you, go ahead. I was just gonna say Zach went back to Ozzy pretty soon though, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he went he's back definitely to Ozzy on a lot of later, later albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, nobody he Ozzy didn't. It took a long time for Ozzy to find somebody to record with. Ozzy is very particular about his guitar players. But yeah. when you start off with Tony Iommi. Yeah. You're going to have a very discerning year and you're not just going to yeah. allow anybody on your record, probably.
1: Yeah. So, In fact, I think the next one after Osmosis was that Wild again, which I think was called Down to Earth or Back to Earth or something. I'm pretty sure that was still. Uh, with, back well, on one.
0: Earth was the bonus track on one of the bonus tracks on Osman Cometh,
1: which was a. No, but no there's, an album called Down, there's an album called Down to Earth or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. is the one after Osmosis that. um. Yeah, and I, pretty, I that that yeah, that was Zach again.
0: Yeah, he 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 was uh, basically Zach. Is if Zach if Zach needs a paycheck, he can always go back to Ozzy. That's just that just kind of seemed like the arrangement they had. Whenever whenever Zach
1: needed, to, yeah, down uh, to earth. Yeah, yeah. So he basically never really went. I think he might have left in around, but by the time they were doing the twenty 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 album and stuff like that, and the last one, I he think he's not on the those last two anymore. Few yeah but before that he was on like four of four or five, mm. yeah anyway, back to uh back to this then back to pride and glory um yeah sorry, so um yeah so so basically they did this one album, I think they were writing in the studio, um Zach describes it as you know but i'm completely paraphrasing, but he says he really enjoyed it, and um yeah, basically he he just wanted to get a solo album done so to speak not that it's under his name but it's essentially in a way a solo album I it think... is a
0: solo album i mean let's let's be realistic it should be called pride and glory by zach wilde
1: yeah i'm just looking at the credits i think are they all written by him or did the band write them let's have all a all songs here. written by zach wilde by zach except wilde we're except where noted. noted and i don't think it is noted anywhere yeah there's no notations Monday. at all no, apart from I think on the on the bonus there's a bonus disc which has a cover of Sabbath and stuff, but yeah, no. Okay, so um, yeah. Well, what else do you have on this one then, Nick? Well,
0: Zach, actually, you know, later on in years, I, I say actually, like it's so so scandalous. Zach later on in his later years looked back on this period very fondly. He really loved what he was doing. Most of the most of the music was recorded. I'm sorry, was written as they went you know he described it as a power trio like cream so if cream was a southern rock band that really didn't know what they were doing it'd probably be a lot like this except with better vocals but it's you know he he talked about how excited he was every day to go back to the studio how Mm -hmm. he would write songs in the morning and then they would go and they would improvise them and lay them down the album the album is largely recorded live in the studio. There is a very minimal amount of overdubs in the in the entire album, which is pretty cool. I think that Les Paul really revolutionized and ruined the recording industry when he created multi-track recording. No shade thrown there
1: at all. Uh, well, I just, I just think it all it all depends on what you're trying to do, really. I think multi-track. You know, it's great to be able to multi-track and overdub. Agreed. Stuff, agreed. Um,
0: however. You know. It's...
1: But I get what you're saying. I'm being
0: pedantic, and I'm just being me, and oh. I don't have any real experience in, in studios or recording, recording songs to speak of, so I'm going But I
1: get what you're saying. When I mean, when I record my stuff with the band, I like to record the basic tracks live, which is quite unusual these days. Normally, you and then you replace each track. You know, you do the drums, then the bass, mm-hmm. then the guitar or whatever, and you're playing to click tracks, um i don't like using click tracks if i can avoid it i don't use click tracks um because you get because you can never replicate that subtle push and pull in tempos that you get when you're actually playing live as a band and i like that so so yeah i guess they wanted that
0: correct um, they wanted yeah. that feel of a band playing when i say when I, when i lament the loss of playing live in the studio there's a lot of artists metallica that don't always sound like it is a band playing in the studio and mm-hmm. which is a crazy thing to even say out loud but i mean nobody's ever going to tell me i'm wrong and if they try no, yeah. they're wrong because bob rock said it and bob rock knows better than all of us i will appeal go. to authority on that one but i guess there is nothing else really to talk about unless you've got one last thing
1: no i don't think so um no i'm cool to go for the track by track if you are I am good, as my
0: wife always says. To me,
1: losing your mind. All right. Well, this is track one, and this was one of the three singles from the album. And it starts with a banjo riff, which is very much a country blues kind of thing. Um, And it's really good, I have to say, like a real good classic country blues banjo riff. And then it kicks in with the full band playing the same riff, but in hard rock style. And it's great. It's good, steady tempo, bluesy, hard rock, swaggery stuff. He comes in with his vocals, Zach Wilde does, and they're great, really nice Southern rock, um, Ronnie Van Zant style vocals. Oh, and yeah. yeah, you know, this is cool. And I think it's a great combination of you've got this rootsiness, this countryness, this bluesiness, this Americana, and you've got this heavy rock, this not quite metal, but borderline metal. And there's a little bit of alternative rock in there as well. You know, as much as Zach Wilde is. I, I don't know. I get the impression that he really shuns that. He's not really a grunge dude. He's not a punk dude. He's not. He's heavy whatever. metal. Kim Thale. There you go. There you go. Although apparently they were originally going to call this project Leonard Skinhead. So who knows? Whoa! But anyway, Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, that's Whoa. read. I read that somewhere on Wikipedia. So so
0: somebody but, some um, cooler heads prevailed and went, "Dude, guys, you've already got a Confederate flag on your guitar. Let's not." Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah so there we go. Um, but yeah but um I like this you know um great chorus it's catchy but it's not cheesy you know it really works it's got a, it's got a pop sensibility but it doesn't sacrifice the hard rockness of it it seems authentic and he clearly knows his stuff he's clearly very well versed in metal and rock as we already knew but also equally so in the rootsier yeah. southern rock country blues stuff um, so there's a psychedelic breakdown. There you go, psychedelic straight in there, and a nice, nice lead guitar solo. I really like a lot of the solos on this album, I with felt some mad. exceptions. We'll talk about that. Um, and I, felt, I felt, I bo- felt bad
0: hearing all the twiddles this week. Going, oh god, I ruined Duncan this week.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. There's interesting twiddles are cool, and this is really tasteful, interesting stuff. Um, there we go. Just bluesy enough, but also it has that slight edge of metal with the sort of technicality of it. And, and the thick distortion and some nice bottleneck lead guitar. So yeah, great, great opener, great single, great track for me. Um, one thing I'm, I'm going to mention before we move on,
0: because you mentioned the guitar tones and all that kind of business, he was not playing with any special custom equipment on this record. He was playing with his two Les Pauls, uh, as he calls them, the Grail and the Rebel. I don't, I know which one the Rebel is, obviously. I don't know which one the Grail is. Probably the Bullseye one, and those guitars are not like super ultra mega custom guitars. They are just professional quality guitars where they changed out the pickups into EMG. So he has that active sound as anybody who plays guitar can pick that stuff out. But then he just played Uh into, you know, stock vintage Marshall stacks with a stock Dunlop wah-wah pedal and a stock Boston distortion pedal. So it's not like he was playing through this amazing super rig, like, you know, everybody does now or like he probably like he probably does now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Basic and simple.
1: Yeah. And it kind of comes across like that. It's just a really nice, it's a very nice tone, but it's just straight up crunchy, heavy rock guitar. Right. Exactly that.
0: Um, Now moving on to the song, if memory serves and I'm going to pretend that it does because either way the story works, this was the first single on the album. And I remember hearing, seeing this video on, headbangers ball back in 1994 when it came out and which was the last year of the original headbangers ball of memory serves and if it doesn't there i don't care it was this strange video what it's because i mean zach wild you know they they introduced it as it's zach wild formerly of ozzy Osbourne, and you know we all remember no more tears and all those great solos and stuff that he had done so i was waiting and it's it starts off with a um a track shot like in Goodfellas of following a curly Q psychedelic style, Jimi Hendrix style guitar chord through a swamp for like 30 seconds until it gets to Zach wild playing in the swamp with his rebel guitar. And already I was put off and I was at this point in time, I should also mention, I was still negotiating the fact that I genuinely loved Leonard Skinner and genuinely the fact that my parents loved leonard Skinnerd, so right. weird place for me and it, it immediately i had an immediate dislike of it when i originally heard it and i wow. am sorry zach wild for that because i listened with well i really didn't listen with anything i just i just cut you off but you know listening to this song here it, it's very it, it's like leonard Skinnerd playing heavy metal yeah if totally. that phrasing sounds great to you, keep listening.
1: Sure. Yeah. So that's where I'm Absolutely. gonna leave that.
0: And we're gonna move on into the next track. Uh got a pun, Duncan.
1: Uh no. Um we'll we'll ride the Horse on into the next track, which is called wow. Horse Cold War. That's, I mean, that's terrible. Not a, that's
0: not good. That's terrible. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's hard to get way better than I would have done. So moving oh. on into Horse Cold War. What well, this got? was
1: another single. This is more straightforward hard rock. It's still mm-hmm. bluesy, but it's not got so much of that swampy country American. None, it has none of it. None of it. Um yeah, yeah riffs and vocals kind of doubling each other so that you know doing the same melody but it's good catchy stuff there's some Hendrixy chord you know the Hendrix chord that one's in there and it's good um there's some great drumming suddenly I started to notice the other players um the in the chorus there's some incredible cymbal work and it's also a good strong catchy chorus um some cool lead breaks a nice solo and again I'm noticing the other instruments the bass stuff going on in the during the solo is brilliant it reminds me of like cream always for me went a bit too far with this like you had Jack Bruce playing on the 59th fret while Eric Clapton's off on a solo and Ginger Baker's going mad playing like you know on all the off beats all at the same time a million miles an hour but it's it's like a version of that but a bit just, just more coherent, basically. Um, so the bass is like sounds like it's semi-improvised. Um, really cool um, and great drumming. So yeah, I like this. I don't think I liked it quite as much as the first one, um, but it's a good track. Definitely, I liked it. Fair
0: enough. I liked this track more than the previous. However, this track doesn't belong on the record. It because. This track is just—it's just hard rock metal. This sounds like if Ozzy sings this song, it's an Ozzy Osbourne song, and nobody would question it. If yeah, Ronnie I can B-
1: see that. I think their delivery of it is still kind of bluesy, which makes it just about work. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I guess. I'm not saying the song doesn't work. It's a great song. I love it.
0: But yeah. if 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 Ozzy sings the first song, it sounds like crap. Yeah. yeah if yeah. Ronnie Van Zant sings the first song, it's amazing. Yeah. And then on the second one, it's reversed. And to me, you know, th- this record is a crazy diamond. It's got to shine on.
1: Nice, nice pun there. So track three, Shine On. Starts with a nice, clean, bluesy guitar riff, and it gradually builds up, and you've got these Leonard skinner esque harmony vocals. Um, sorry, guitar harmonies, actually, not harmony vocals. And some lead guitars, harmony lead guitars, and a few falsetto vocals. And then it kicks in big and heavy, and it's got this really nice harmonica riff, and it's great. And it reminds me a little bit of a bluesier version of The Wizard by Sabbath, where you've got a harmonica riff over a heavy guitar, steady, slow, bluesy riff thing. Um, And actually, there's a cover of The Wizard. I haven't heard it, but on the bonus disc, there is a cover of The Wizard by Black Sabbath by these guys. So there you go. And then it just carries on with this big hard rock thing with some cowbell and it's got a great catchy chorus and brilliant bass lines underneath. Um, change of key for a twiddly and bluesy solo, which I thought was great. Very, very interesting, just tasteful, decent solo um, that fits what it's uh, playing over. And It breaks down to a slow, doomy version of the riff, which is really cool. Very Black Sabbathy. And then some more soloing with some, again, very cool, like, walking bass, but going moving between a walking bass line and an improvised bass line very much a power trio sound like there's no extra overdubbed rhythm guitar it's just the three of them all you can hear i have to say this one starts to not shine on but to go on a bit too long for me this is i'm not quite sure how long it is but it's like seven uh, minutes yeah there you go there's a few seven minutes on this album and i would probably say they're all too long so uh
0: yeah there's this one and then there's the chosen one and there's a couple I mean, there's another
1: six minutes as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: This one, correct me if I'm wrong, but, and I, I was, I listened to the first chunk of this record in my car driving home from, uh, we went shopping. My wife changed all the plans on us, which it's a good thing she did based on how the fact that her mother changed all her plans on us today. So okay. everybody got everything changed. It You know, basically we, we created a plan. We rolled the dice and came up with, nope, none of that's going to happen. So okay, worked out well, worked out well. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the one with the extremely long solo, like in the middle towards the end.
1: There's a solo and then another solo again. Yeah, there's like a middle solo and an end solo. I think there's probably the, a couple of songs that do that, but yes.
0: Yeah, and this one, it's we, we had to turn it down because it, yeah, it didn't work. Uh, didn't work. It it kind of, it, it, you know, it kind of drilled into my wife's ears and i'm loving the woman so i turned it off or down.
1: okay we're uh, you just glitched out but i think i think we're we're here right so yeah loving woman is track four i think you did the pun it did that thing where it kind of slows down and then it's it's just my my camera it's like so you know i did the the pun really quick okay cool man so loving woman, yeah. This starts with a burp and then goes straight into like an acoustic guitar, uh, ballady southern rock ballad style sequence, and it's very Leonard Skinner-esque. And actually, when it kicks in, it's quite fast, but it's still got that um sentimental, down homey, um, you know, um, lovelorn ballad type of sound to it. And a mandolin comes in part way through, and you know what? It's great. It really works. Um. And the chorus, it's, you know what? It's great. It's like catchy, bluesy, pop, country rock. Um, the solo is kind of what you'd expect. It's just, it's just the solo out of the book of what you would put on a track like this. But, um, yeah, you know, it's good. I, th- I would say it's arguably a bit cheesy, but I think the way Zach Wilde is delivering this, because he's got that convincing southern rock style about his vocals and everything... Um, it works. It's convincing and authentic, or it feels like it is. So, yeah, it works. It's not my favorite track, but it, but yes, it does work.
0: Fair enough. I agree with the vast majority of what you said. I mean, Zach is as a vocalist, he is a guitar player, and he doesn't. He he drives his vocal. He his vocals are like a guy that's always driven automatic being given the keys to a stick he doesn't quite know how to make the most of it yet there are songs on this record and i feel and i don't know if this is true but this album feels and sounds a lot like it's written vertically like you know track one is the first track they wrote track two is the third second track and so on and so forth i don't know if that's true but that's just how this feels or recorded in that you know, I mean, you know what I mean. Created in that 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 procession. And each track gets a little bit better, even if it doesn't always work with the concept like, you know, Shine On or Horse Call War. Mm-hmm. Yes. This this track is very ballady, very classic. It is uh, you know, it, it's it's Southern Rock love ballad number four. Yes. It's not special, it's not Notice, I mean, if if this comes off the record, you don't really lose anything by it being on the record. You don't really gain a whole lot, but it it's not offensive to listen to. It's 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 quality filler. How about that? It's it's a okay. I'll do. Yeah. It's 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 neither stand out nor. It, it's not. It's not going to stand out, and it's not going not going to get kicked out, but it will be noticed.
1: Hmm. Hmm
0: and you know it's definitely not
1: the chosen one hang on no we've missed harvester of pain i'm afraid oh crap (laughs) well it's definitely not a harvester of pain either
0: oh man i had that set up perfectly
1: that's what i thought you were gonna say and then you just didn't but uh, that's cool man um at least you've got loads of time now to think of a new pun about the chosen (laughs) one um, which cannot now be, it is not the chosen one. So, okay, Harvester of Pain kicks in with a big bluesy hard rock. Well, so it starts with just guitar, big mm-hmm. bluesy hard rock riff with squealy oh, pinch yeah. harmonics. So, this is a nod to the Aussie. Oh, style yeah, here we go. Here we heavy go. Can, metal. cannot he help plays. himself.
0: Cannot yeah. help himself.
1: Then, when it kicks in, it's this fastish kind of rock and roll swaggery, almost like a Southern rock Guns and Roses type of thing.
0: Because, um, not-
1: I I think it's pretty good. It's got some nice vocal. And I have to say, I kind of disagree about his voice. I really like his voice. I think it does work. I think it's um. Let me think jump he's got in. a really good Southern rock, bluesy rock voice.
0: When he sings in the right pitch, when he sings in his range, he's great. Mm. However, he comes across a lot like the person. I saw Jesus Christ Superstar on Thursday. I don't know if you
1: know. Right. And
0: the guy Judas is my favorite character from that play because he has all the best songs. And yeah, yeah. the guy do, and I, I have the original pressing, the original Ian Gillen. Yes. With Ian Gillen, like the 1970 pressing of that record. It, it's amazing. And the guy mm. playing Judas Murray Head is phenomenal. And this guy that was in the touring company tried to impersonate that, but he couldn't do the screams that Ian Gillen or Murray Head could do. So when he tried to do them, it each time it broke. And that's right. what happens when Zach Wilde tries; it his voice breaks. Okay,
1: I don't know if I noticed that so much. I I think it works, but fair enough. Um, when he stays in his look, lane, he's great. Fair enough, but it's got some nice Hammond organ on this. I don't know who plays that. It might be Zach. I'm Zach, I'm Zach sure. plays it. There you go. Um, the chorus is almost like a pop chorus. It's catchy, mm-hmm. and uh, well, yeah, it's it's a catchy pop chorus, just with a bit of hard rock in terms of the production. Um, this is more of a standard rock song, really. Um, it is good. Um, it breaks down for a bit with this dramatic lead, and then there's a solo over the chorus part. I mean, look, I, yeah, I can't knock it. It's well written. it's catchy, it's solid. I guess I suppose I'm starting to think at this point, and this is gonna become a bit more pronounced as we go through, maybe, although this has all been good, maybe it doesn't quite know what it is. Like he's really good at doing. Absolutely um classic kind of um what's the word here of tender ballady southern rock, but he's also clearly a heavy metal guitar player. Mm -hmm. And it it, the first track it kind of married the two really well because it was bluesy, americanary, also heavy, all at once. You've got the banjo and the heavy rock guitar, great some of the other songs are more one or the other. And I sometimes mm-hmm. feel they don't quite sit that well with each other. Um, and this is just more of a standard rock song. So, but there you go. But yeah, it's good.
0: Now I agree with a lot of what you said there, this song. And, you know, again, in the car, driving home, family's there and they love to help me out because, you know, we're such famous podcasters, they got to get involved. And you know, it's, this track starts off. My wife looks up and she goes, This sounds like Metallica. Now, I thought she was ex- referencing how I mentioned I'm going to be seeing Zach Wilde in Pantera opening for Metallica in six months. Oh, yes. Or five months now. But no, she was just like, This sounds like Metallica. Then the next track goes on and she's like, This is really good. But it doesn't fit with what we just heard. So. More often than not on this record, he can't marry the two things. He is a heavy metal guitarist. He's playing Southern rock. When he can merge those two, like track one, it is brilliant. It is a new thing. When he can't, it's this odd bing bang bong kind of thing that knocks you all around
1: bing bang bong that can be your new catchphrase
0: bing bang okay you know what we're gonna go with that and we are back uh it's the
1: chosen one Okay, no pun. I made Duncan laugh.
0: That's Okay, we can just stop now. Duncan is so unflappable.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, this starts with a nice uh, bass riff, a kind of slinky, slimy, sleazy bass riff. And then it kicks in with the band, and it's like a bluesier, Sabbath-style, doom-laden, slow riff. And then it goes sort of jangly and clean guitar-y, arpeggio-ish, and... Very Leonard Skinner esque again, as much of this record is. It's kind of like Simple Man. It's that um, powerful minor key ballad, um, poignant type of sound. And yeah, nice hooks, nice melodies. But then they bring in a string orchestra and I'm thinking, nah, too much. It's unnecessary. It starts to feel overblown. Where's the gospel choir?
0: Where's the gospel? Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, That probably would have been better, actually. Um, So... There's a nice guitar solo, which has a, a kind of box room ambience on the guitar, which I really like. Nick's just nearly um, thrown up his beer. Um, I think this song goes on too long. It's meant to be for his dad, who I think died shortly after the record, after, maybe after the release of this album. Correct. Um, and at the end, he says, I love you, Papa. And it's, you know, yeah, fine. Um, But for me, it's just all a bit too much. The string orchestra ruins it. It's over the top. It's unnecessary. It just didn't need that. It makes it feel too sentimental, um, a bit mawkish, a bit too... um, I love that word. Hollywood blockbuster film, you know, it's the sad section. It's the really meaningful bit where the hero's about to win the day, but we're not sure if he or she or they will. If Um, if they've even made it out alive Exactly So uh, I'm not a massive fan Of this one
0: I'm glad you mentioned what uh, about his father His father he played the song For his father before the album's release And his father then Jokingly punched him in the face Said this song's a pile of shit If you ever write another song for me Make it a good one You and your wife now are going to have to go stay at a
1: hotel You can't stay here tonight (laughs) Exactly yeah I read that yeah which I so think is
0: hysterical, go. which clearly we see where Zach Wilde came from. But um, there you go. This song, you know, my my family was still in the car at this point when we were, I believe, when we we're listening to this. And I said, you know, wife's like, you know, he's a really great guitar player. But I mean, I don't understand exactly what's going on. She's like, this is really good. And I'm like, yeah, this is Zach Wilde doing Southern rock. And her response was, oh, wait, this is Southern rock
1: right like yeah. well yeah he's
0: trying he's trying it may not have worked but at that point in time he's just like ah oh, sweet jesus
1: hey well that's track 7 sweet jesus so yeah it's a piano led song or it starts off that way um very balladesque almost like imagined by john lennon or something like that except nowhere
0: um, near as good
1: i guess so yeah very skinny again when the vocals come in Strings again, actually, I think they work better here. Um, it's sentimental, it's arguably cheesy, but actually, to be honest, I think he's delivering this as well as a song like this can be delivered. You know, it's a bit of a cheesy, ballady style. Um, it might not be the best one on the planet, but they are delivering it very well, and I think it's just about convincing. Um, gradually builds. I noticed like the drums are a lot drier and more subdued in terms of their production, they've not got the boom, boom. Sound it's more a sound. Um so and then there's a like a low-key clean guitar solo. Yeah, it's look, it's fine. It's pretty good. I don't love it, but it's pretty good for what it is.
0: The problem when you have a 70 minute record is there are a lot of songs where you can say it's fine. I didn't love it, but it's fine.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: and I I can describe this track no better than that. He mm-hmm. he is really good at writing and delivering sappy ballads. However, there's a limit to how many we need on a record, and that number isn't 11D. And yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah,
0: it's a 13 track album. It's 70 minutes. It's a double album. We have a double album.
1: Do we need a double? Terms, yeah. Do
0: we need a double? I look, I, I I'm I know, you know, I know, I know, I know. For me, it's 20 up to 25, 10 to 25 is an EP. You know, 27 to 45 is an album. What about 26? 26, uh, Ash Slayer. They called it an album. They called it <laughs> they called it uh uh Rain and Blood. It's like 2630. Yes. Yeah, yeah and then you know anything 60 65 plus is a double it's that even i mean that's just you know 45 minutes yeah. is a comedy set in a club it's you know we 30 minutes is a sitcom on tv it's you know we've got these numbers and mm-hmm. we're we've been so trained by those timelines by those constraints that this is how long it's supposed to be the wall is a double record it's uh 79 minutes so the wall is only nine minutes longer than this. And it's truly amazing. This one, frankly, it didn't need to be a double record. There's there's plenty. Yeah, of, yeah I agree. There, there's plenty of, uh, of of weeds we could have pulled here. And this is one of them. It's his ballads are great in and of themselves. However, when you have seven of them on one record, the dimin- the returns diminish rather
1: quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't make it's me stop. Start- wa- go ahead. Go on. Go on. I was going to say it doesn't make me want to shoot him because I'm not machine gun man. Well, you've missed out. The you've you've done it again, Nick. I'll do this one. So it's almost as though when he's doing that many ballads, it sounds like he's singing in a troubled wine.
0: That's the exact same troubled- pun I made.
1: No, you did Machine Gun, man, but Troubled Wine. (laughs) Troubled Wine. I know, (laughs) but Troubled Wine is the next track, man. So Uh... this twice you've done that. It's because you want it to be shorter. You want it to skip a track, so you keep skipping ahead one.
0: Well, I do want to skip. I can't remember which one it is, but there's one of these two tracks that I wish didn't
1: exist. Well... Um, obviously, it's wine. Well, not obviously, but it's wine as in the drink, not wine. No, I think it's the, a, for the, Zach um, Wilde.
0: I think it's. I think it's obvious.
1: There you go. But yeah, this was another single. It's got a nice slow, blissed out bottleneck riff. You know, one of those kind of um desert Arizona desert kind of bottleneck riffs. You know the. G- 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 which i have to say i've got a real oh my soft god spot did, did
0: lou reed just walk in the room <laughs>
1: yeah. i've got a real soft spot for that sort of bottleneck riff you know just reverb blissed out um really slow it's cool man so i uh, yeah, i like that languid kind of uh, mola- wading through molasses sun-soaked um desert uh type of thing so yeah, but then it kicks in with like the same riff but fast and distorted. And then the full band come in, and it's like steady, stompy kind of, you know, when the levy breaks sort of rock with those big uh drums, some catchy vocal melodies. The chorus is very skinned-esque, and it's kind of like they go into ballad mode for the chorus. And I would say overall, this comes across like the poppier side of Leonard Skinner. Like it's not it's not a rip-off in any way, really, but but like something like Sweet Home Alabama, where you've got a very catchy um sort of again sentimental um type of chorus um one of my absolute
0: favorite leonard skinner songs by the way sweet i mean it is just it is the complete embodiment of leonard skinner the real leonard skinner
1: not the later one whoever's calling whoever's got the name now which is like no original members i believe so there you go um. Yeah. Well. So, and there's a nice, like, guitar solo over the over the big riff. Yeah. Look, it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. It works. Uh. So that's that's it. Yeah. That's what I got for this one.
0: You know, not. um No, I mean, no strong feelings on this one. It is the next one
1: that. It's the next one. It's the, which is machine. Okay. Are you go- are you gonna need a machine gun man to destroy this song? I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, I already made the pun.
1: I mean, it's, it's yeah, just right, I wasted, okay. I wasted it. I know, I know. All right, well, this starts with a very Hendrix, clearly, like you know, like a tribute um homage this is, to Hendrix type. This of is thing. the. Is this the one with the the pinch harmonics? I don't think so. We've had the one with the major pinch harmonics. This might have some later on. I can't remember. Oh, that was the one. I was. Which one was that? That was ages ago. That was like. um Oh, that was right back in like track five. Harvest that was Harvester of Pain. That was, oh, was it? Oh, I, I had that. a
0: good thing I was going to say. Oh, well,
1: well, it. you can say it if you want.
0: Well, to me, with that one, it started off with those crazy pitched harmonics. And I'm just looking at, I'm just listening to this, muttering to myself, he just can't help himself. He can't stop being yeah. Zach Wild, even for 30 yeah. seconds. And, i think you
1: did say that at the time as well so yeah but And yeah. then it
0: all of a sudden he goes into like the regular riff for the song and it's it felt like the producer went click hey zach zach southern rock oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. but go ahead yeah. and keep that thing i just did too
1: yeah yeah exactly uh, well this starts really hendrixy you've got clean electric guitar major key stuff and it's really nice great playing great riff great sequence then hammond organ and the band come in and it's like laid back steady um, you know, front porch, southern rock, Leonard Skinner vocals. The chorus is so early 70s. It's like a proper classic sound, um, very southern rock. Apart from the production being a bit more crisp, you'd be forgiven for believing this was like well, he talked you know, a London. lot about
0: like the Almond brothers too, with this. Yeah, you know, exactly.
1: That it's that sort of thing. I would say this goes on a bit too long. I can't remember how long it is now, but I, this felt like it was a bit too long. Um, yeah, okay, so it's not that long, but maybe it needed to be a three and a half minute one. There, There's um, very few tracks on this record that end at the right time. Yeah, but it's got a really classic sound. I think, again, the thing is that it just doesn't quite fit with the heaviest stuff, you know? Um, it's like he can do all these things, so he does them all, but do they all fit together? Not always.
0: That is a great description of this this whole thing. Yeah. Well, apparently, I don't remember any of the songs. I got confused. <laughs> I was waiting for. <sighs> but, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback on a lot of what you said there. He, in a lot of these, and I, I'm just going to actually repeat what I said earlier. When he is able to massage his heavy metal into the southern rock rather than southern rock into the heavy metal or rather than, you know, switching between the two. This album is great. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. he cannot do that on every track. And those are the ones, in my opinion, that should have been thrown away, used and used, not thrown away, but removed from this record and, and used later. But yeah, I think if I walk up to Zach Wilde and, and, and told him this, he'd just look at me and say, Yeah, Crimea River.
1: Good pun, man. Well, that's track 10, Crimea River. So this is acoustic, ballady stuff with some lead guitar. And then it kicks in. And you know what? It's like 70s pop rock. It's almost like Cat Stevens. And it really carries on in that vein. The pre chorus has. Um, a bit more bite, I've put more of a stop, I think I mean stomp, and some distortion. Um, but then the actual chorus, again, it's so 70s pop. And it's the same point that I made last time. This is great for what it is, but it doesn't quite fit. When, when you If you were to segue from the, the middle of the first track, where he's going for it with the heavy riffs, and then into this, you'd think, is this, this you know, this is two different bands here. So, and it's arguably a bit cheesy. And then this is where it goes really wrong for me. He does this really country-style solo, and it's like, okay, this is working because it's just you know a country-ish '70s pop song, you know, like a clean guitar kind of Dan Electro twangy solo. Then he goes, ah, for my second solo, I'm going to bring out the the Grail Destroyer or whatever it is, and I'm the going Grail
0: Destroyer.
1: I'm going to go. I'm gonna go full on Marshall Stack, and he's going,
0: <laughs>
1: and it's like, why are you doing that? This is like a Cat Stevensy track that doesn't work. It re- it really highlights the incongruity because he's he's made the mistake where, at least on the other tracks, they're either one or the other, or they're both combined, or or switching one, back goes, and forth. Yeah, but like this one, he goes from one to the other in a real like the right next to each other like here's the country solo now i'm gonna do the metal solo but the backing music is still the same and it's like yeah that's what's wrong with this that's what doesn't well, that work was here. one of
0: the things my family said routinely about this record is the music doesn't match itself
1: there you is think- some of that going on Yeah, there are yeah.
0: times when the vocals don't match there are times when the so- there are lots of times when the solos don't match for all of his ability on this record to you know delineate to match up things you know his lead guitar work is probably the one thing that is routinely different than it should be Mm -hmm. and you know there are a couple of solos while where i mean they're good could i mean zach wilde is amazing so i mean None of the the guitar work on this record is bad by any stretch. And if anybody says it's bad, you should slap the taste out of their mouth because it's amazing. May not work in the context that he's given, but the work itself is amazing. And that's what, that is the real destroyer of this record is how much stuff doesn't fit with the rest of it. And this is just another one Mm -hmm. of the songs and it's all, you know, the you know when zach brings in that producer the producer he brought in the exact producer he wanted because he didn't want somebody to tell him tow the line
1: there you go well track 11 is towing the line and it starts with those bluesy like rim clicks you know like you get on john lee hooker tracks you get it on um zz top track Mm -hmm. and then it kicks in with this fast blues metal shuffle and it's a really nice great sleazy riff again it's Guns and Roses, Gone Americana. And it's great. And then the full band kicks in and it's brilliant. It's got the swagger. It's got the um power. It's got the aggression, but it's got that laid back, slightly loose feel, and it's brilliant. And catchy melodies, brilliant, but you know, blues rock, heavy, hard blues rock. Great hook. And you've got some megaphone style vocals. I don't know if they were a bit intrusive. You know, you've got the Wah, I, I did not even um, notice those. There you go. Well, I found them a bit intrusive. So, but anyway, I noticed them. But yeah, it's good, good time, swaggery rock and roll. It's not the most memorable in, thing in the world, but it's got a great feel. And there's a break where it goes into like classic slow blues, then back to the fast shuffle. And I am starting to think at this point, mm, it's going on a bit long, a good blues rock solo but then there's even more, like I'm already thinking it's going on a bit too long. And then they go, no, 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 right, scrap this, change it up, go to a completely different riff in straight time. And you know what, it's good, but it's like you've just tacked tacked a different song and it feels like you had one and a half songs. And instead of finishing the second one, you've just tacked the half that you had onto the first one. And then you've got another solo on this new feel. And I have to say there's some amazing bass underneath the solo as well. And the solo itself is great finally fades out it's about seven minutes i think and for me that is too much uh um, five minutes actually okay i i calculated it as seven minutes i don't know how i don't know but did i hear is it was there like is it an extended version i don't know I mine no I, i'm looking at no, it at five minutes no i don't, think, it is, no, it, it, I don't it, think it's an extended version i don't know man but no i do it, it, it sounded small.
0: like it sounded like seven minutes
1: and, yeah, and I'm sure I counted it on the YouTube thing, and it was, but I, I don't know, man. Let's not worry too much about it. But um, no, I, I, yes,
0: I, I'm gonna piggyback. I, I think you have brought up a great point. Most of these tracks are too long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: You know, there, there are very few songs on this record so far that we have heard that I need for five to six minutes. And yeah. most of them are five to six minutes. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Y- mm-hmm tuck this back a little bit edit a little bit and we've got a much tighter record and yeah, if he could if Zach Wilde had brought in someone that could really look him in the eye and say no probably would have found a friend
1: well done that's track 12 found a friend so this starts with like slow clean chorus guitar ballady style stuff and then it kicks in and this is to me, this is kind of rock ballad by numbers. It's a bit cheesy and sentimental. And also, for some reason, and I don't know what was up with the YouTube link I was listening to, it was not an official one. I couldn't find the official was one. It it was it Danny Wasted? One. That's
0: what I was listening to. Uh,
1: yeah, and it jumped around. It it seemed to, it was like the CD he was ripping it from was skipping, so I couldn't quite understand what was going on. But uh, you know what? It's re- it's not that bad, but it's just not the best. It's like classic cheesy rock ballad and yeah you know what they do it quite well they deliver it with panache if you want to call it that but oh there's a and it's quite a nice yeah quite a nice slide guitar solo but for me the style has been overdone it's become trite and it's hard to make this convincing and even even though they make it as convincing as it could really possibly be it doesn't doesn't get me so no it's a no on this one okay
0: we're at 60 minutes on this record. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have this track or the penul- if we didn't have the, I, if we had neither the penultimate nor the ultimate track, I would say this record is too long.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we're still going. And
1: at this point I'm just fading away. Well done track 13. This is the, well, it's the last proper track, but I'm going to also include the, of the final track, which is on my CD version, which I have got. So we'll we'll do that one afterwards. But yeah, this is like minor key piano and acoustic guitar arpeggios to begin with. And it's a nice chord sequence, actually. It's like a dark ballad sound in the Dorian mode, if anyone cares about that sort of nonsense. But um, strings again... And then I'm starting to think, yeah, it's a bit overblown again with the strings. And then there's a really nice acoustic guitar solo over a marching snare. When it kicks up to that gear, I'm liking it. I'm on board with it. But overall, yes, it's well written. Yes, it's well produced. Yes, it's well put together. But I find it overblown and just a bit, um, t- again, too sentimental, mawkish. Um, just uh, trying to pull on the heartstrings in a way that isn't working for me it's
0: it's all too much and this track the last track no recollections of these things whatsoever <laughs> and you know i'm today was a rough time trying to you know get this this record into my brain i'm at a store and i'm like huh my plan was to get home at 12 30 to give me a good 60 minutes to listen to the record which that's a good number normally and I pull up my phone and I'm like, I wonder how long this album actually is. And I went, holy crap, it's 70 minutes. And you you may recall the text I sent you. Yes. At which which point I went, looked at my wife and I said, okay, I got to go to the car to start listening to this thing. It's way too long. And it was at that point in time, it was too late to choose a new new album. So I'm sorry, 70 minutes. You have got to have something super special for 70
1: minutes yeah well f- this might be how you feel about the whole hour the last track this extra bonus sort of one whatever it is might be a hidden track on my edition i don't know it's called hate your guts and it's a joke song um it's like purposefully silly hillbilly country style he, like he's overdoing the mm. I, mean, I don't know where he's from is he is he from the south but he's overdoing that southern accent um i don't know where it, he's like, from because When he's singing, he does have that twang to him, but to his style. But I don't know. I've got a feeling it might be California. But I mean, does California count as the South or not? I don't know. Oh, God. Okay.
0: No, he's from New Jersey.
1: Oh, he's from New Jersey. Oh, wow. So he's not in the South at all. No, uh, no. He's full on. He's full on.
0: Not even East Coast, but Northern East Coast. Right.
1: Full on Yankee. Right, so that's all all of that Hey y'all, oh, I'm Zach Wow, that's all, like when he's singing like that That's just, he's putting that on Correct, basically. that is putting right, that on Because okay. he talked okay. normally,
0: I, I bet you If you actually heard him talk for real He would talk he like this talk like be like, hey, what you doing?
1: Yeah, 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 that's yeah, like I'm watching TV. the Sopranos at the moment So we. So am I,
0: I'm on season four, I, I just finished four I'm on
1: season four, there you go Just finished we really four. Oh, we haven't quite finished, we were in the middle, so there you go um, but yeah, so a lot of that accent going on. Um, oh yeah, he would sound like so, that. So yeah, how are you doing? So um, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, basically. But it, but to be fair, it's actually really good. It, it's catchy. It's silly. Like the you know the the the, the vocals, the, the the lyrics. Sorry, like, I hate if, if up, I could I repeat, I wish if, yeah, if I could quote, quote a very
0: wise man from last week. Right. There's not enough silliness in heavy metal. There you go.
1: Yeah. You know what? It does work. It's got a nice banjo solo in it and you can really do it. And yeah, they're in full on silly country mode, but it's, it is, it is actually really good. Like, like I said, the hook line is I hate your guts and I wish that you were dead. I hate your guts. You're damn right. That's what I said. So, it's up, but you know, it's done in a silly way. Right. Um. It's meant to be in jest. So I actually kind of like this. And I have to say that out of all the tracks on the album, when I went to listen to this today, having, had the CD from probably 10 years or more, I could remember this track. This was in my head straight away, the hook line from it, because it's just catchy. So, yeah. Um, well, I guess we're moving into the summer. Well, I mean, um, before
0: we get to that, if I could. Okay. yes, I'm in America. This album was recorded in America by an American for Americans, and we didn't get that track.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I there, hate
0: man. that. All the other <laughs> countries get the bonus tracks. And we get yeah. the, and we get the middle finger or the 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 double finger that you guys do.
1: Yeah, we don't normally do that very much anymore. But yes, that is yeah, absolutely, yeah, 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 man.
0: Well, all right, go to the, your sum up. I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm well, done being angry.
1: Well, look, for me, look actually, although I feel like we've um leant into the criticism of this album a bit um, and. Look, you know, let's not we don't have to get into Zach Wilde as a character and like Pantera and all this stuff. Like, you know, I'm not necessarily a big fan of Zach Wilde or the the kind of I suppose the Ted Nugentiness of him, if you like. I'm I'm not saying he is the same as Ted Nugent, but I think there's maybe a bit of a perhaps a little bit of an edge of that which comes across, which is not my thing. I think that's all put on. I, I think Okay, that's- fair enough. Fair enough. So but look. Okay, but just that aside, um, I really like this record. Um, I think, yes, it's got its problems. It doesn't all fit together, it is too long. Some of the tracks shouldn't have been on there. Some of the tracks should have been cut down, but overall, you know what, when they're doing it well, which is a lot of the time, at least half of the time, minimum, maybe 60%, it's great, really good. Um, Some of those riffs are classic. Some of the melodies and choruses are classic. I think the vocals are great. The guitar playing is all great. The bass playing is amazing. The drumming is amazing. The songs are really well written. Even the cheesy ones that that maybe don't belong on the album, they're still really well put together and well written. Um, And yeah, for me, look, there's not many bands that can do Southern rock convincingly. Um, These guys do. So yeah, imperfect. But for me, it's definitely a spin it. There's no doubt about that.
0: All right, I'm going to bring it down a little. Uh, (laughs) Actually, no, I'm actually not. Here's what's going to be surprising. You know, I, I may have sounded down on this record and a little angry about a lot of things. This record, it's problem. It has two problems. The songs are a bit too long and the record by itself is too long. However, had this been released as two albums, it's amazing it's it's frankly mm-hmm. amazing if this is releases two records
1: releases one so you record do like a metal one and you do a country one sort of thing
0: actually yeah that would be even better because you know half of it's metal half of it's country yeah if you could do like two 32 33 minute records of this band doing metal and this band doing country like a hank hank williams the third kind of thing mm-hmm. great when you put it all together it gets really bogged down but the highs are really high and the lows aren't too low. It's just, you know, it's like we're my wife and I are watching Lord of the Rings right now because I hate myself and I love my wife. And hmm. I bought the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings because I love my wife and I hate myself. Hmm. And we are presently watching four and a half hours of Return of the King right now.
1: Yeah, I've never seen that version.
0: Uh, I actually started this whole stupid journey to punish myself because I learned about a scene that was in Return of the King. And because I have OCD, I cannot watch an extended cut of one of them. I have to watch the extended cut of all of them.
1: Yeah. If I watch
0: three minutes of one of them, I have to start at the beginning and watch all of it front to back.
1: Yeah, I get it. yeah, yeah so
0: that's what this is this is return of the king extended cut
1: sure sure. when i
0: look at that and i go holy crap 70 minutes you know two years later metallica puts out a 78 minute record which was load and it was too long there in that's the problem you you can't it's, you know, what's what's the old adage? Leave the audience wanting more. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like Bruce Springsteen, which actually I bought a Bruce Tr- Springsteen record today. You know, oh nice. You know, it's like a Bruce Springsteen, you know, our love is like a Bruce Springsteen concert. It's really long. It's not that great, but wow, what energy. And that's what happens when a record is too long. It's it takes the shine off of a of a song. It takes the shine off of all the amazing things you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. of that being said, I'm spinning. I would listen to this again if I could get a copy of this on vinyl. Yeah, I would buy it at a reasonable price 40 dollars $40 or less. I'm buying this on vinyl if I come across wow. it. if I come across it. I'm, I'm not sure. going to order it online. I don't even think there is a vinyl copy of
1: it. I'm again. not sure there is no, but yeah. I
0: mean that's that's why i am at on this one could it have been better yes could i just not listen to side four if i had it on vinyl yes and that's what i would do
1: well there you go um that's all i've got
0: sorry i was swallowing you were supposed to go
1: a little uh, bit longer
0: uh so yeah good. i guess that is everything we have this week at the department of mental antiquities i am nick he is duncan Thank you very much for listening. If you could take eight seconds to give us a five-star review on whatever whatever podcast app you listen to, greatly appreciate it because Vinny Vincent himself gave us a one-star review. Is based- that right? Yes, he did.
1: Based I didn't on- know this.
0: Yes, Vinny Vincent gave us a one-star review based on our review of his record,
1: Vinny Vincent. Is that, also is that because we didn't like it? correct we were we were not
0: (laughs) so if you can give us a five-star review to counteract vinnie vincent uh god that is hysterical even just (laughs) i (laughs) didn't
1: i did not know this at all. but there you go (laughs) okay so yeah okay serious face
0: thank you for listening to the department of metal antiquities we listened in case you didn't have to